Welcome, everyone. I want to speak on the church community is God's plan. Last week, Pastor Jamie talked about the unity in the Trinity. Today, I will be talking about the church as God's plan for our life. If you are praying to know God's will for your life, God's will for your life is to stay planted and rooted in the church community. That is God's plan for your life because that is his design. God has designed it. When I was younger, I used to have some very wide imaginations. I had an imagination that everyone in this world should just disappear and I should be the only one in the world so that I can have all the food, the movie theaters, I go to school on my own, I do everything on my own so I can sleep whenever I want to sleep, I can wake up whenever I want to wake up and I just, just be on my own. That's what I was thinking of. And later on when I grew up, I was like, what a weird thought is that? Who is going to teach me in school? Who is going to be in the grocery to sell something to me? Will I be the only one? It's going to be very lonely. It's going to look so much awkward. God has designed this world to be in community. Now, look, there is no one that did not come from a family. Jesus Christ came from a family. God has designed it that way that you have to come from someone. You have to be born somewhere. You have to grow somewhere. No one assigned their own name when they were born. Each of us bear a name someone gave to us. And some of us that are parents have given someone else a name. God has designed that because it is his master plan. As believers, the church community is God's plan for our life. God has designed it such that every one of us, should be in that umbrella. Every one of us should come together to be ministry contributors and ministry consumers. We'll contribute and we also consume. We feed others and others feed us. So today I'm going to be talking about, briefly, about uh, the church as a whole in the, in the global perspective. I'm going to be focusing on Nigeria. I'm from Africa. I'm from Nigeria. As you can see from my accent. <laughs> so, I'm from Nigeria, and I grew up in the Foursquare Gospel Church in Nigeria. And there, we have the church culture different from what it is here in the U.S. But there are some things we can learn. There are some things the U.S. can learn, can, can, can do. Some of these things are being done in the U.S. We think we can do better. We can do more of that. I'm going to talk about seven things that characterizes the Nigerian church community so that we can see and we can learn from it. Number one thing that we have in the Nigerian church is community. Community. People see themselves in the church as in a large family. In the Nigerian church, we see ourselves as a big family where we have aunties, uncles, brothers, nephews. If this were to be a Nigerian church, Pastor Jamie would have been called daddy. Pastor Heidi would have been called mommy. And with some elderly people here, it's daddy, mommy. And when I see them, I say, daddy, mommy. When I see them, daddy, mommy. That's the way we call each other because if I see Jeff, I'm like, daddy. <laughs> That's the way it is. We see ourselves as a family, a family, a big family where we have 
uncles, we have people that are older, we have people that are younger. So that's, that's the way it is. And we have gatherings where we meet together in terms of local church. We have some gatherings in a zone. We have uh, district uh, gatherings. We have very huge gatherings. People from different places, for example, from Oregon, people meet together maybe every three months. People from the Northwest uh, U.S. meet together. And you just drive hours and hours to make sure that everyone meets and you know each other. You greet each other and you, you know each other. That's, that's the way we do it in Nigeria. And something that we can also emulate, that the church is a family. We need to see the church as a huge family. We have our own nuclear family. We have extended family. We have also have the church family. That's the design. God has, God has, has placed it as a design that every one of us here says as one body. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 5. This is uh, Paul speaking to the Ephesian church. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. This is the calling at which we have been called. We have one God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We share the same God. We, we share the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us. Paul was writing the Ephesian church that the, the Spirit of Christ is one everywhere, no matter where you are. And one thing I have noticed about the church is there is no perfect church. There is no perfect church in Nigeria. There is no perfect church in the U.S. There is no perfect church anywhere. Whenever you find two people gathered together, there will always be differences because we have different, different choices. We have different preferences. We cannot be perfect. We are all imperfect people serving a perfect God. We are people that are imperfect longing to follow after God, the, 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 the scriptures. Jesus is our, is our model, and that's the perfect model. No other person is the model. We cannot, we cannot have a place where people will not offend each other. It's welcome. Offenses abound in the church because when you have two or more people, it's just normal. It will happen. And that's why we are imperfect people. When we see ourselves as that, we need to forbear with one another. We need to love one another. We need to walk in love. I'm going to talk more about that. In fact, did you know that the first church was not even a perfect one? Jesus Christ called some disciples, the twelve. People that were not perfect, they gathered together, they formed the church, and they grew. Some things happened, and they solved, they resolved it, and they went on, they continued that way. Number two thing in the Nigerian church is commitment to church service and volunteering in different positions. People volunteer a lot, a lot. People volunteer in the children ministry, prayer. In the, in the praise team, there's a lot of volunteering. In fact, people, are, I mean, people they, they go over and beyond. We have that here. We need to do more. People go over and beyond because we see ourselves as, a, as someone that is working towards a goal. Every one of us, we are working towards a goal. Number three is that people see themselves as co-laborers in the church. Co-laborers. 
once you are in the church, well, the pastor does the work, but you, have, you, you are like assisting a pastor. You are like an assistant pastor. You want to see how the church can become better. Most people see themselves as part of the growth community, working side by side to give their money, their time, and their energy towards the things of God. That is, that is number three. Number four is follow-up and visitation. There is a lot of follow-up. People call each other. If you, don't, you don't, if you don't see someone that you know in the church, in church on that Sunday, you make a call. Hello, I'm just wondering why you were not in church today. Can I pray for you? That might sound so, so strange here, but that's normal. I remember when I came into, to, uh, when, I, when I came into Pumban some years back, and I called one of our church members. I said, I just want to greet you and say, I want to know how you're doing. He was like, what do you need? I was like, no, I don't need anything. <laughs> I was just calling you to, to check on you. Can I pray for you? Can I be praying for you? He was looking like, wow, like, this guy is so nice. I was like, well, that's, that's the way it is. That's the way I grew up. I, you know, that's where I grew up in, in the church. That's where we grew up. Asking for one another, praying for one another. Sometimes that call you make can, can encourage someone who is passing through a very tough time. The prayer you make can do a lot in the life of someone. That's checking up on someone, asking about them, means someone is there, either praying for them or thinking about them. It goes a long way to encourage the church. It's even much more than money to some people because some people don't even need money. What they need is just an encouragement. Some of them might be having a tough time in their family. Some of them might be having a tough time at their place of work and just a call or just a text message. And what we do, we have a, a visitation unit that people visit them in their houses. When I told someone I want to come and visit you at her, um, in your apartment, it's like, wow. <laughs> I know that's the culture, but we also kind of emulate that as the culture of the Christian community. That we look for one another, we ask after one another, we, we, we try to, to find out if other believers are doing well. They are growing in their faith. They are also doing great in their faith. They are growing. That is, that is, that is the, the motive. That is number four. Number five, it's public declaration of their faith. We say it publicly, hey, I'm a Christian. I, anywhere you know, at this person is a believer. It's, it's said. Number six is people take notes in church and bring their Bibles to church. Most people like go to church with Bibles and notes, take notes. We see ourselves as students of the word. Like, that, that's something, that's the way we were trained, like student of the word of God. Going to school is like going to another, I'm um, going to church is like going to another school. It's called Christian education. And it's a long, it's a lifelong education. You are going to church to learn. You are going to church to sit, to be taught, and also to share the word of God with other people. It's like going to school. It's like going through a syllabus. In fact, we have different Christian education. Uh, we call it Sunday school. But this is for both adults and children. Such that adults are in Sunday school classes. If you come to the church for the first time, you will go through the visitor's class. And you are going to go through like seven weeks of lessons. Then you go to baptismal class. You get through all of the weeks of lessons. You get baptized. Then you go to, now that I am a Christian, you go through that one. And after, now that I'm a Christian, you go through membership class. 
because there's a difference between being a member and being a worshiper. After that, going through a membership class, you go through the workers in training class. So after workers in training class, you go through an adult class. Those are the lessons I have gone through, Sarah has gone through, and many of us that, you know, come from, uh, Larry is from Nigeria too, you know. So uh, many of us have gone through that class, especially in the First Gospel Church. And that's how we go through one class to another, to another class like that. It's, it's something that we, we, we it, it, that's, that's a, a strength for the Nigerian church. That makes people rooted in the church. And I'm glad that that's going on here. We need to do more. We need to do more. The church is seen as an educational center. So when you go to school, you take a pen, you take your notes, and you take notes. You, 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 you store those information and it helps us to grow. Number seven, showing gratitude despite challenges. There are a lot of challenges back in, in Africa, in Nigeria. For example, in the north, the northern part of Nigeria, we have the case of Boko Haram, if you've read about it. In that place, people, yeah, there, are some, there, are some, there are some people, you know, called um, bandits that, 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 uh, that, make sure, that make sure that place is uninhabitable for people, you know, with kidnappings and all the rest like that. Yes, people go to church. Sometimes I'm wondering when COVID-19 happened and some people did not come to church because of masks. I was like, what? Like, this is not that maybe... Uh, kidnappers or bandits or something, masks, like, wow, that shocked me because I could not believe that, that somebody will not come to church because of masks. I could not believe my ears. Sarah and I were like, masks? That's, that's something we can learn, that we have people that are in some places that, are, that they are hearing bombs. People are throwing bombs, like some bandits are there. They could be, they could be kidnapped. Yes, they go to church. They see going to church as a place to gather together in the church community to learn from one another. And it is something that helps them grow. That's something we need to learn. Like I said, there is no perfect church anywhere. No perfect, perfect church community. No, it doesn't exist. And I don't think it will exist until Jesus comes. And that is why we need to forbear one another. All right, I'm going to talk about what is God's design for the church. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. What is God's design for the church community? And let us consider how to steer one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and as more as you see the day drawing near. This is an admonition that we should keep on gathering. This is something we will keep on doing till we see Jesus. Coming to church is part of fulfilling God's plan and purpose for your life. If you are praying, I want to fulfill God's plan and purpose for my life. Going to church, being planted, being a contributor and a consumer is God's plan for your life. Every one of us are interconnected. We are like the feet, the hand. We are one body providing one function that will help other people grow. And also, we are growing from other people's input. That is how God has designed it. What is a community? A, a, a church community is the physical gathering of believers, the church, for prayers, for sharing of the word, and for breaking of bread, eating. Have we, have we listened to announcement of 
different food. Yeah, that's, that's what the church is meant for. Coming together, eating and breaking bread and praying and listening to God's word, singing together. That's what the church is meant for. That is God's plan. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 44. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Now, why is community, the church community, why is the church community very important? Number one is that a believer cannot grow without a consistent activity in church community. I give that as an example. A pilot cannot grow online. You see, there is nothing as attending church in person. You grow in person. Online can be temporary because of maybe sickness or something that is just unavoidable. But in person, that's the way God has designed it, that we grow. If you enter a plane one day, maybe you are traveling from Puman Airport or Spokane Airport, and the pilot announces Hello, everyone. This is pilot so-so-so. And so I learned how to fly a plane online. And um, I'm going to be driving you from, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the pilot for this uh, journey from Spokane to Seattle. What will happen? It's either you tell them, I need to get out of this plane now. That's what you're going to tell them. Or you start praying. Lord, I commit my spirit unto you. <laughs> Why? It's because online Cannot do it. You know, a pilot needs to learn in person. This is something that makes you mature. A mature Christian has to be in person. You need to learn. You have to be involved. You have to be a contributor, contributing something, and also consuming something that other people have also contributed. That's the way God has designed it. That's how you grow. That's how you become a full-grown Christian. It's God's plan for your life. It's also the same thing as seeing a doctor. Maybe you're you going for a procedure. And doctor say, hey, welcome to this hospital. You know what? I'm going to uh, start the procedure in the next 30 minutes. I am Dr. Dis. I learned all my medical training online. And I just want to do some uh, surgical operation on you. Would you just please wait? Before the doctor comes, you'll find your way out. <laughs> because you know that's... That's, that's, not, that's not realistic. This person cannot be a fully mature or fully uh, trained doctor online. It's, it's impossible. We grow by grooming other people. We grow by also other people sharpening us. Colossians chapter, uh, sorry, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 19. This is what scripture gives us as a command. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. This is scriptures that we continue in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And singing and making melody to the Lord with our heart. We are created to be interdependent. There is no one that was created to be dependent. And that's why when COVID came, it was a very tough one. A lot of people struggled with mental Mental illness, mental cases, mental... Because this is how God has created us to be. This is... God has created us to be together, to learn together, to grow together. 
That's how God has created us to be, just as the Trinity are together. It is a model for us to grow together. We cannot do without each other. We are interdependent. We are interdependent. We keep on growing with each other. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving to your heart. Jesus gave the last instruction to his apostles before he ascended to heaven. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and verse 12 to 14. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard me, you heard from me. Verse 12. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived and went upstairs to the room, they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, Zealot, and Judas, the son of James, and all joined together constantly in prayer, along with women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. This is where it started from. And it has to continue that way till Jesus comes, until we see Jesus. We are created to serve others with our gifts and talents. There is no one here that has not, does not have a talent. Every one of us has been gifted. Some of us, we do it silently, and that is appreciated. That's awesome. Some of us do it publicly. That is awesome. That's appreciated. We have been gifted in one way or the other. There is something God has placed in your heart. There's something that is your soft spot. There's something God has placed in you to help to contribute to the church. If you have been doing it, keep on doing it. Keep on doing it. Keep at it. If you have not been doing it, you need to rise up and say, hey, I need to do something. What can I do in this church? Hey, pastor, what do you think I can do? This is what I can do. What, where can I fit in? That is how God has created it. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We are here to sharpen one another. We are here to help others to grow. We are here to grow and to help other people to grow. That's how God has created it. So what makes up a solid church community? Number one, people walking in love. People walking in love. We can't overemphasize that. Walking in love, forgiveness, forbearance, tolerance, bearing one another's burdens. That's what it means to walk in love. Tolerance. Not being offended. Offenses will come. Once you enter the church, you know, offenses could come. So once you know that, when it comes, you know how to deal with it. Forbearing, forgiving, as Christ has forgiven us. As Christ. Why do we need to forgive? Because Christ has forgiven us. Why do we need to forbear? Why do we need to tolerate other people? Because Christ, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. We didn't even, we're not there. He just did it. So we need to practice what we call advanced forgiveness. Because you know that you might be offended. Advanced forgiveness. You're already forgiving them <laughs> before they offend you. <laughs> That's the way to be. Advanced forgiveness. That's what we should practice as believers. And like, well, I know that I can be offended. And so if I get offended, I'm ready to forgive. Because Christ has forgiven me. Because Christ has forgiven all of us. 
he shed his blood for us, for the forgiveness of every one of us. And that is why I need to forgive. Not because the person is right. You might say, well, I'm right. No, it's not about being right. It's not about, it's because Christ has forgiven. That is why you forgive. That is why you forbear. Because you know that that's what Christ practiced. Christ did advance forgiveness. We need to follow Christ's model. We need to forgive before it comes. So that when it comes, we already have overcome it. People who are ready to serve others and being served, that is what makes up a solid church community. People who are ready to serve, to give their energy, to give their time, to volunteer, to give everything, to give their all into the work of the ministry. Because the more you serve, the more you are growing. What service does is to help you to grow. Service helps you to, to see others first. Just as Christ thought about us. It's to follow the example of Jesus Christ. That is what service is. We need to look at the need of the church and, and meet it. A solid church community is a community of prayer and the word where we pray consistently, constantly, not giving up, keeping on praying, meeting together, growing and growing. That's what a solid church community is all about. And like I said, and I've been saying it, the church is made up of broken people who know they have been forgiven and overlook other people's faults. They know they have been forgiven and they are pressing on to being like Jesus. Pressing on to become perfect day by day, day by day. The church is like an hospital where sick people go. It is not that we have all of them, everybody is, is well, is healthy. And you, you don't go to the hospital when you're healthy. You go to the hospital when you're sick. That's the way it is. We are going to learn of Jesus. We are becoming, we are changing from broken people to becoming the image of Jesus day by day, day by day. It takes time. Give people that grace. Give others that grace. Also give yourself that grace. It takes time to grow in that faith. How do I how do I contribute to the community? How do, do, do I contribute? How do you contribute to that community, this, this church community? We need to ask ourselves those questions. How great would it be if we took church seriously like we took football games? Yes. How great would that be if we took it as serious as our jobs? Hey, I need to be at work. I need to be at work. How great will it be if we take it as I need to be in church? I should not miss church. How great will it be if we take other things in the secular seriously? How great will it be if we take church as serious as that? How awesome would it be? Do you know that your contribution, no matter how small you think it is, is going to bless lives? No matter how small it is. Some people don't know. It just if it's just to lift this uh, this this stage, just leave it. You know, lift this to that place. It's a huge contribution in the church, and it goes a long way. It goes a long way. If you are the uh, media contributing something there, Sarah was in Nigeria some time ago, and she was she was watching and following us. 
That's a contribution, big contribution. Someone in Nigeria, some people are watching it. Several places all over the world, you are impacting and you are changing lives of people. No matter how small it looks like, if it's to switch off or switch on the lights here, it's a huge contribution. There is never a small contribution in the church. If it's money you are giving, if it's your time, your energy, everything is huge. It's a huge contribution, helping lives to continue to grow, to continue to expand. You are, and when you get to heaven on that day, you'll be surprised. And Jesus tells you, did you know that through your service, these hundreds and thousands of people are saved. You'll be like, what? I never met these people before. And you wouldn't know that all your contributions has blessed those people. You wouldn't know. How great will it be if we, came to our ch- if, if, if we come to church with our pen and papers and, and Bibles as a student, like we are going to school, we are, we are learning. How great will that be? How great will it be if we can write the list of the names of people in the church and take it as a responsibility to pray for them and ask after them and give them a call and say, hello, I've been praying for you. How are you doing? That can go a long way. You're already an evangelist. You don't need to be a pastor like Pastor Jamie or Pastor Heidi or Pastor Janice. You are already a minister. Every believer has the call to be a minister. To minister to other people, to be a disciple, to be a student of the word. That's what we have been called to do. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you, even to the very end of the age. This is Jesus' commandments to us, that we make disciples. We make disciples by being a contributor in the church. Not just consumers, we consume and also be a contributor in the church. How great will it be if we sign up to volunteer more and more and more in church service? How great will it be if we budget our income to give to bless lives in the church, in the church community. And I, I am so grateful to God for the, the people here in Pullman Foursquare that are great. I see them as pillars that, are, that, are, that, are, that have been volunteering and have been holding on to the church. My prayer is that the Lord will keep on strengthening you for more and more. Those labors are not in vain. Those labors are not in vain. God sees you in the secret. God sees you. Those things you are contributing in the secret. God sees you. The church flourishes due to people that are putting in their labors of love. In conclusion, I'd like to say this. The church community is God's design for every believer. If you want to fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life, you need to stay put to the local church. Keep on staying put, rooted there, contributing, getting from all that God has placed in other people that are also contributors. You consume what others are giving and you also contribute something to the church. The question I would like you to ponder over for a few seconds is, what can I do differently 
from today in this church? How can I meet a need in this church community? I'll just let us think about that for a few seconds and we'll pray. Dear Lord, we want to thank you for this opportunity to gather once again. Your plan is that every one of us grow in the church community to contribute, to use the talent and the gift you have given unto us. Father, we pray you will open our eyes to see those talents, those gifts that you have given unto us that we need to use to contribute. For those of us that are contributing already, we pray for our strength to do more. We pray that you will continue to use us as vessels unto honor for your glory. Thank you because this church community is growing and waxing stronger and stronger every day. Thank you, Father, because you are making us to go deeper to develop wider and that you are helping us to take much more root in you. We pray for a deeper understanding of you day by day. And we pray that you fill us with that zeal to continue to do more as fellow brothers and sisters. Thank you, Father, because you are doing this for us. And we pray as we go this week, you will strengthen our hearts and mind, and you will help us to recognize your leading at all times. Help us to know that which is your will for our lives, which is to continue to remain in you, rooted in this church community. Thank you, Father, because you have done it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. <laughs>